amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Well, thank you, thank you so much for um, for coming to the uh, coming to the podcast today. We appreciate you greatly. Um, I think this is going to be uh, a show where basically I'm going to ask you a lot of questions um, because I don't because I, I don't have a crystal ball and um, my Ouija board got wet, so I don't really know the answers. But it, but this is but these are something something we're definitely going to have to come to terms with. Uh, I was curious, so I uh, looked it up on Google. There are 505 days until Election Day. Um, It is now June 17th, um, the day that this podcast is being recorded. So there are now 505 days, a little more than 500 days until the presidential election in 2020. It seems like a lot, but, you know, life goes by at about 60 beats a minute. Never any faster, never any slower, uh, but it's incessant. And it never gives in. It always goes forward. So um, before you know it, it's going to be that faithful day, that fateful day, um, not including all the early voting and the like. Um, But my question to you is, actually my first question is, Will, and we're going to take a little break and you can think about this. This is the first question. Will Republicans and conservatives slash libertarians be able to stow their differences on Donald Trump, i.e. things like tariffs, uh, that kind of thing, in order to get him reelected? That's my first question, because I think that that will lead to the rest that will lead to the answers of the rest of the questions. And we got two or three more questions to ask, and uh, we'll talk about when we get back from these messages. Thank you again from, for coming to the podcast. We appreciate it. We'll be back right after, this, right after these messages. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit, and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. Are you someone who wants to give more? Are you someone who wants to donate more to your favorite charity or even your favorite podcast and you just don't have the money because you got too much credit card debt already? Well, I've got something for both of us. Debt.com. Debt.com is ready to put you into a debt consolidation program that will save you money, save your credit rating, and allow you to live your dreams in the way that you would like to live them. That's Debt.com. Give them a call at 877-764-2393. That's 877-764-2393. 93. Get out of debt today.
All right. Well, we're back. We're back. Thank you again ever so much for uh, spending some time with us today. Um, again, my first question is, will Republicans, conservatives, and libertarians be able to store away their differences on Trump in order to usher him back into the White House in 2020? Because I think that that's really the first question. The first question isn't who he runs against. And, and the media is, uh, right now, um, if you look at all the, quote, the polls, the polls is that the polls are that he gets crushed by Joe Biden. Um, the the unfortunate part of of that is that, I mean, unfortunate in in the sense that they're they're pushing this narrative. Is we've seen this before. We we saw it before just a little bit ago. I mean, just a little bit ago. As a matter of fact, the left and the Democrats have not uh, let us forget that we saw this a little bit ago. Uh, we saw. Um, you know, polls where uh, there was only about 8% chance that Donald Trump would win the White House. And then we saw the reaction from the from the media, the leftist media, um, on election night as, as, as he won state after state after state after state. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, all places where he wasn't supposed to win. And um, it was just people were, I mean, you know, the, the, the leftist media was they were pulling their hair out, you know, to, to see Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow was near tears. Now, I know that a lot of you saw some of the um, campaign workers for Hillary Clinton crying, but I don't. You guys who made fun of them and, and you guys are are dicks. Of course, they were upset. I don't, and, and I'm OK with that. A lot of young people, probably their first time involved in a national campaign, and they were really passionate, and they probably worked their asses off and, um, you know, put their lives on hold for two years or so um, to, to have an end like this after being told, after believing what the leftist media had told them, that it was a lock. It was a lock. This was the easiest thing that they'd, 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 they'd ever done. So of course they were going to win. So after being told for two years that this is going, this is a lock, and then found finding out at the end that it wasn't that they were on the wrong, they were actually on the wrong side of history. It had to be devastating. And I'm okay with that, you know. And again, if you haven't, I believe this: if you haven't cried over something that you've lost, then you've never fought for anything worth winning. If you if you haven't cried over something you've lost, you've never fought for anything worth winning. You know, I I'm I'm sorry. Uh, if, if if you haven't if you haven't had that sort of emotion after a, after a loss, then you've never really been involved with anything worth winning. So um, I understand that, but we're seeing the very same thing again. We saw. We've seen for the entire for the, for the entire uh, Trump presidency, we've seen the leftist media uh, taint, discount, discredit, um, disavow this presidency. Uh, the idea early was that it wasn't. I mean, forever until well, even now, really, that this presidency isn't legitimate somehow. That somehow there was Russian collusion, and still, still there are people who are, who are investigating Russian collusion and obstruction of justice in that. The only, the, only, the only only reason that they are they're talking about obstruction of justice is because they're pretty sure that if there's obstruction of justice, then they they can go they can work backwards through that to find collusion. That somehow uh, that the Clinton that the excuse me the <laughs> I was about to say the truth the Trump campaign worked hand in hand with some Russian operatives, even all the way up to all the way up to Vladimir Putin to uh, somehow sway the American public into believing that Hillary Clinton shouldn't be president, that they sort of influenced the election. Now, the Mueller report, even with some of its indictments, did indict, I don't know, 
a couple, uh, a dozen or so, a, little, a few more than that, a dozen or so Russian agents, as we found out that, guess what? Surprise, surprise, surprise. The Soviet Union is interested in screwing with the outcome of American elections. Surprise, surprise. Um, large countries tend to do that to one another. But even but they were a little bit more clandestine than President Obama was when he went to um, when he went to Israel to actively campaign for Benjamin Benjamin Netanyahu's opponent. We've been into this for a long time, so um, it is disturbing. It is disturbing that the Soviet Union would use Facebook and Twitter as ways to try to, in, to influence an American election um, in the very same way that it is disturbing and unnerving that a sitting American president would travel to a foreign nation to actively campaign against another sitting head of state in hopes to, in hopes to influence that election. Yeah, we're... We're completely, we're completely, you know, the world's completely out of control. But anyway, um, back to the question. Will Republicans, conservatives, and libertarians be able to stow away their differences on Trump long enough to get the vote out? Long enough to encourage the silent majority that showed up in 2016 again. Now, there is a school of thought that said that Hillary Clinton, you know, the, the press, the leftist press, who, who kept saying again and again, there was no chance that Trump would win, no chance, no chance Trump would win, no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance, sort of discouraged a lot of people who might have voted for um, Secretary Clinton because they, they were sure that she was going to win anyway, so they didn't bother to vote. There is that school of thought. And it may be, you know what, and I'm not saying, and I'm, I won't say here um, that it isn't true. I don't think it is, but I don't think I don't, it may not. It, it may be true, but I'm pretty sure this time this will not be the case. I don't think that anybody is going to take any of the polls at this point at face value and say, oh, oh, look, this poll, this New York Times poll says that Biden's going to. I mean, he's up by 35 points at this point. You know, pff, are you kidding me? Trump can't win. Trump's damaged goods. No one's going to fall for that okie doke again. But are we going to fall? Are we going to fall from the okie doke from the um, from the leftist media? Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, even. So we're going to see. Um, are 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 people who are who have been quiet, who came out and voted for Trump in 2016, will they come back? Depending on who is the nominee on the other side, will those voters come back and support Trump again? Now, they may not be supporting Trump out loud. They may not be wearing MAGA hats. But we've seen, you know what, in the past two years, we've seen um, somebody wearing a hat that says, Make America Great Again. That you know that you know we look at the words "make America great again." That doesn't really seem like that would be offensive, would it? What's offensive about "make America great again"? Where's the argument there? Well, America wasn't ever great in the beginning, but it is even that anymore. It's people actually getting physically attacked for simply wearing a red hat that says make America great again. And sometimes there were, I mean, there were cases around the country where people who were wearing red hats uh, were mistaken. It was mistaken that they were make America, make America great again hats and they were attacked anyway. So this is the, so these are the people that you're going to support tacitly by not participating because you have trouble with some Trump policies. Well, see, and that's the thing. I think that that there are probably going to be more people who decide, you know what, some of the behavior of the left and the leftists, I can't support that either. I may not be able to support everything that Donald Trump has said or done 
because sometimes, and I've, golly, I was talking to somebody yesterday um, that Donald at, at the radio station that Donald Trump is sometimes cringy as hell. I mean, we just you, come on now, you just gotta say you gotta say it. Sometimes he is cringy as hell, and there are many times where he tweets something where you read it and go, you know what, Mr. President, with all due respect, sir, you didn't have to comment on that. And you definitely didn't have to comment it on it in that fashion. You just didn't. That was just petty. You don't you, you don't have to be petty because you won. You know, Tom Brady doesn't have to uh, have to walk around te- talking crap about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He doesn't he just doesn't have to. He could, I guess. And he knows enough to be correct even. But he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He doesn't have to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Tom Brady does not have to talk about any of the teams that did not draft him into the NFL. That conversation is over. He to, he's got I he's got like five Super Bowl rings, six Super Bowl, five Super Bowl rings. He doesn't have to talk about the teams that didn't draft him. He doesn't have to bring that up. You know what? When they get to the playoffs, he doesn't have to bring that up when when they win the Super Bowl. He, he, because he can act like he won. Because he won. And sometimes, frankly, I wish the president would would act like he won. You don't have to bring up the people that you beat. You don't have to. You don't have to bring up the naysayers anymore. Because we already know, by virtue of you being president, that whatever they said was irrelevant. You can stop addressing them now. You're the president. Please act like it. You won the game. Please act like you won. And, I, and I've said that about Donald Trump a billion times. But occasionally, we like petty Trump. We, not me, not, not me personally, but we, um, Trump supporters, like petty Trump. But will petty Trump cause more problems? Will he cause more problems for himself moving forward? Will some of the pettiness leach into his support or leach some of his support out? Because frankly, what's going to happen is if Joe Biden wins the Democrat nomination, which is for me just pathetic that Joe Biden, Joe Biden's the best you got. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is, I think Joe Biden is the, quote, adult, end quote, in the Democrat Party now. He's the granddad, really. Uh, I don't think he, he's not as old as Bernie Sanders, but he seems to be the most, the most stable and, and the least radical, which I think from a strategic standpoint, Democrats are looking for that. They're not looking for the outlier. Most Democrats are not. They're not looking for the Elizabeth Warrens. They're not looking necessarily for Bernie Sanders. I mean, I mean, I think Bernie Sanders will be a contender for Joe Biden. They're not looking for um, um, Mayor Pete or Kamala Harris or Cory Booker. Spartacus, they're not looking for that. They're looking for someone that, that they think most of America, middle America, White America, let's be honest, white America can get behind and feel safe with. Because they're going to, they have been trying to portray, uh, portray Donald Trump as someone who's dangerous. You remember the the narrative that we're, that the economy was going to tank and we we're going to end up in, in, a, in a third world war. You remember that narrative? Well, what, what, what actually happened? The economy did not tank. And we have not opened up one single solitary um, front since he's been in office. Not one. Negotiations have been done with Kim Jong-un. Now, some of y'all aren't old enough. Do you remember when um, President Obama, Candidate Obama, said that he would talk to um, the leader of Iran with no conditions because... What hadn't worked is not talking. Remember that? 
And you remember how conservatives and Republicans just lost their niche member? He's going to speak to him without conditions. What kind of what kind of bullcrap is that? What kind of you, you remember that? So what does Donald Trump do? Donald Trump decides that he is going to talk to Kim Kim Jong Un, but he only talked to Kim Kim Jong Un with conditions. As a matter of fact, uh, the meeting got canceled a couple of times because of conditions. So, um, but guess what? But guess what didn't happen? World War Three. Now we still got five hundred and five days. We can start lobbing bombs. Just the way that Bill Clinton dropped bombs on on Iraq. Almost his entire presidency to keep him out of the no-fly zone. Remember? Anybody remember that for me? Am I the only one that remembers that? Bueller? 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 So, with all the things that um, that Trump is, I mean, the, so, some of the self-inflicted wounds, that the whole thing about tariffs uh, with China, and people are worried about a, you know, they, they stopped worrying about thir- the Third World War, and they started worrying about a, um, a trade war. As a matter of fact, people are talk, talking about a trade war and tariffs that don't that are not in, in effect yet. I mean, we we were talking about the five percent tariff with Mexico that the president threatened, and people and, and, and the news media were talk was they were they were acting as if it was already in effect, telling you how bad things were already, simply by Trump saying that, that unless they got their act together, this was going to happen. Um, well, as it turned out, there was a deal made and we're good. Um, but it, it never ends. I, I saw, I guess on Twitter and I got to, first of all, I got to get off Facebook and I got to get off damn Twitter and Twitter is worse than Facebook. Um, there was a picture of Donald Trump holding, uh, a piece of paper and I think it was just a piece of paper. He was he was holding it up saying that we have a deal using the piece of paper as a prop. We have a deal with Mexico. And then some some of the reporters said, can, can we see that, Mr. President? Do you have a deal in your hand? And he sort of blew him off. Because there's a really good chance it was just a piece of paper used as a prop, an envelope or a folded up piece you know, Eight and a half by eleven piece of paper used as a prop to make to make a visual point. But then the story was that that he was faking it because the piece of paper was blank. It probably was. It was a prop. So what? Which leads me to this: Will the coverage? of the Donald Trump presidency make a difference to people who normally vote Democrat. I've talked about, I've talked about this for Trump's entire presidency. Um, I think that there are middle of the road, run of the mill Democrats, uh, people registered Democrat who take their, take their kids to soccer practice, take them to music lessons, um, buy groceries at the Piggly Wiggly, the Publix, the Kroger's. Um, they go to work every day, and um, they basically they pay their taxes. They keep their nose clean. Um, they don't get in trouble. They're they're not involved in protests. They don't necessarily give to political campaigns. And 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 outside of voting on election day, on general elections don't really vote. They don't really vote in primaries because most people don't. And that's still the truth. Most people don't vote in primaries. Most people vote um, on election days. You know, I have, I've had access um, because of my position with the Hillsborough um, executive, Republican Executive Committee. I have access to uh, some minuscule voting records. And what I can see is people's voting, voting history, not who they voted for, but if they voted, and if they voted um, 
early by mail or at the poll. And that's the only thing that I can see. I can't see who they voted for. I can see if they're a Republican or a Democrat um, and the districts that they live in. We, a, a lot of people have that information because it's public information. It's out there. You may not know that. So, but what I but what I found is there is a on on a lot of the platforms that provide this information. There is a there, there are two numbers. There's a primary number, and then there is a general election number. And the one that we use is called WebElect. And and on WebElect, um, you will see people who have a ninety or above in general election and barely half of 50. And that doesn't mean percent. I don't, I don't even know how they calculate it, but, um, but barely, but barely a 50 and sometimes barely a 20 in primary elections. So these, these are the people I'm talking about who people who never vote in primaries, who are, who only vote in general elections and miss them every now and again. Will they, I'm, I'm talking about these people, will they hear and have they heard the coverage that sometimes, quite frankly, is unfair of President Trump? And with all the buildup to the Mueller, uh, the Mueller report and Russian collusion, and when they heard that there wasn't any, that do you think that they th- they thought all of that was simply political and a tempest in a teapot and was horribly unfair and would be and what are those folks going to do are they are they still going to vote democrat are they still go- are, are they going to vote at all um will they cross will some of them cross the um cross the aisles on the presidential election, they, they may vote Democrat for everything else except for the president. What will they do? Or will they just vote Democrat just because that's, that's what they always do? What will they do? Because the, these very same people will not be the people who generally pick the nominee. They won't vote in the primaries. Especially as these primaries are, the Democrat primaries are shaping up. Seems like it's like it's a little nutty. Um, the biggest criticism that people have that Democrats have with the um, the cast of characters um, is is not who they are, but there's too many of them, um, and there and, and right now there's uh, more than more than twenty. Or there's twenty. Let's see, um, and 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 the first set of debates is coming up, which ought to be interesting. Um, I'm I'm of the mind. Um, uh, according to this, there are twenty, but I think there are more. I think there's more than that. I think that there are more than that. Um, it was like in 2016 where there were 17 Republican candidates to start with. So ma- so many, in fact, that you had a, uh, uh, you know, what a, a kid's table, so to speak, right? You'd have the main, you'd have the, um, the kid's table debate and then you'd have the come out later, the adults come out later, right? So it should be, it should be very, it should be very, very interesting how all of this plays out uh, in business, in the business, in the, um, let's see, how, when is this article? No, I don't want you to send me notifications, Business Insider. Uh, oh, this is from the 12th. This is from five days ago. Um, of course, there's, there's, there's Joe Biden uh, and Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. That's three. Number four is, is Kamala Harris. Five is Cory Booker. Six is Jay Inslee. Seven is Amy Klobuchar. Uh, eight is John Hickenlooper. 
Uh, nine is um, San Antonio Mayor um, Julian Castro. Nine. Ten is Eric Swalwell. Eleven is Christian Gillibrand. That's eleven. Michael uh, Bennett is twelve. Who's Michael Bennett? Michael Bennett uh, of Colorado is the lowest rank senator. The lowest rank senator uh, was hot, was higher than forty one percent of other rank candidates. So that's there you go. Thirteen Steve Bullock, fourteen Beto O'Rourke, who lost to uh, Ted Cruz in the Senate election in two thousand sixteen. Uh, Tim Tim Ryan. Uh, former uh, Maryland congressman and business executive John Delaney, South Bend, uh, Indiana Mayor Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg, who uh, who's the, is the openly gay guy, uh, um, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, um, Seth Moulton, where's Seth Seth from Massachusetts? Let's see, entrepreneur and businessman Andrew Yang. Um, and he started the Yang Gang, uh, self-help and spiritual author Marianne Williamson, um, and I think that's all of them. So it is interesting now that there are a lot of people. There's 21. I knew there were more than 20. There are 21. Um, which which ought to make their debate interesting, and I'm 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 asking, will the that's my third question, I guess, will the Democrat debates make a difference? Will somebody come out of these debates in a way that hurts Donald Trump? Because it's my thought, and it's just my thought, that that the debates will be about who hates Trump the most. Don't you think that's what it's going to be? Not what they're going to do for the, I mean, not their ideas for the nation, but who hates Trump the most? Who has the best zingers and one-liners about Trump? Who hates Trump more? I hate Trump more. I'll kill him. If I become president, if I become president, I'll have him murdered on Fifth Avenue. I'll do it myself. I mean, who is going to come out as the biggest Trump hater? Because I think that's going to make um, the difference with some people. Do you think it's going to be be able to make a difference with everyone? Because that's really what I'm. That's what I'm. I, I I'm curious about. Will that make a difference with everybody? I said a long time ago that F Trump is not a platform. I got some pushback from, from, from some friends of mine uh, when I said F. Trump is not a platform. It's an emotion. It's a thought. It may even be a hashtag on Twitter, but it's not enough for, I think, most people to gather around and say, okay, I hear what you're saying. I can support that with my vote and you can be president of the United States. You could be the, the, the free leader of, uh, of the world for four years based on F Trump. Hardly enough. And I think that, and, 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 and in the same tone, I don't think it's enough. Um, I, I just don't think it's enough. Um, fake news, fake news, fake news. That's not enough either. When Governor DeSantis of Florida was running um, his campaign and even a couple of commercial com- commercials that were fairly humorous, really, were actually really funny. Um, it's hard in political commercials to use humor and have it, and have it really work. Um, the, his whole campaign was vote for me because Trump likes me. Vote for me. Trump likes me. Um, he had to go, he had to hit the ground running with policy at this point. I mean, he had to hit the ground running. 
he had painted his his primary opponent as a um, as part of the establishment um, of establishment Republicans. Um, not that he wasn't, but um, he was actually endorsed by the president of the United States, and that catapulted him past uh, Adam Putnam, his Republican opponent, who seemed like a odds-on favorite. It was a foregone conclusion, it seemed. And um, Putnam, I think, beats Gillum. No problem. No problem. But uh, that's how I, I, I guess I can say that, but there's actually no way for me to prove that. Um, but in any case, um, so here in Florida, Governor DeSantis had to hit the ground running with policy. And he was able to, by addressing some pretty bipartisan items here with the state of Florida, especially having to do with uh, some environmental concerns, water concerns, was able to be fairly successful at this point. Some two years or so into his into his governorship. So, um, however, Trump has already laid some groundwork for policies. Uh, the, the the biggest physical thing that hasn't happened yet is a border wall. And I think that he failed on a border wall early by not jumping on it day one. By simply not jumping on it day one. By overestimating his power, his power of personality, to pull people along in the 2018 elections. He thought that he could beat the trend, and the trend has always been that the out-of-power party, I was trying to say that and not spit everywhere, always gain seats in the House, or normally gain seats in the House, in the midterm election. And that's exactly what happened, and the, and the House flipped from red to blue. Now, it, and it's, it's sort of, is this foreshadowing for 2020? Because there was a lot, an extreme amount of apathy in the Republican slash conservative um, libertarian community in 2018. When there was no time for complacency because some of these seats that, that had been won by Republicans were, were won in really close races, really tough places. The president had won those states. But it was a lot like in Florida. It was by the the hair on his chinny chin chin, and it was going to take a huge effort to make sure that those those districts stayed stayed in in the president's favor. And just like I always say, you can look back at my podcast on Blog Talk Radio and here on Spreaker and and even here on um, um, Spotify. Uh, and uh, what else? Spotify, iHeart, iHeart.com, that um, a lot of times Republicans just don't do their work. They just get too complacent. They think because they won once that somehow that, that's, all, that's all you need to do. You put the effort in once and that's all you need to do. That somehow it will maintain itself. That is somehow up, up to the candidate for it to maintain itself. You've got to put in the work. Now, will they put in the work again? Well, my guess is because I see them not do it so often that they won't. And if they don't put the work in, they may end up with a surprise on November 3rd and that evening. They may be looking at each other shocked like they did um, in on, November, on, a, on a November evening in 2008 or a November evening in 2012. In 2012, I was in um, Norfolk, Virginia doing election coverage for um, Liberty News and uh, me and my friend Dwayne Lester had done like six hours of internet broadcasting uh, and, and people were shocked as the returns were coming in because the, the, the Republicans who were the wise guys who were the, you know who were smarter than all of us had looked at all the all the metrics of uh, of Barack Obama and had said there's no way this guy was a second term Look at unemployment, look at GDP, look at all these numbers. His are the worst of any sitting president in 50 years. There's no way he wins. 
It's like the guy who said, there's no way that this guy runs a four minute mile. No way. Look at all this data that says it, it's never happened. Look at all these champions that never were able to do it. Look at the metrics, look at the data. And they were very confident in their data. The only people who weren't confident in the data that the, that um, Barack Obama w w would win a second term was Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, and the people who voted for Barack Obama. Those were the only people who didn't know anything about the data and did not care. All the polls said in 2016 that Donald, Donald Trump didn't have a, a chance in an ice cube's chance in hell of winning the presidential election. Except that he did. And it's because people did the work. Now, I'm wondering if the same level of work can be done to provide Donald Trump with a second term. I don't know. At this point, I do not know. I know what I'm going to do, but that doesn't mean anything. I voted on the wrong side of elections more than once. I, I don't think I voted on, on our local mun, municipal elections that happened recently. I think that I was on the wrong side more than 70% of the time. Um, so maybe I'm not the bellwether for telling you what's going to happen. Well, I voted for this person and the person that I vote for always wins. No, normally they don't want me to vote for them. If I vote for them, there's a good chance they won't. Um, so I don't have a really good record here in the municipal elections here recently. Um, so we'll see. We will see. Um, but there are lots of questions to be asked and there's lots, lots more questions to be answered. So will Republicans work hard? Will they do their work? Will they do what they had to do in 2016? Will they go door to door? Will they partner with, with, with Democrats who aren't leftists? And will it be possible now when Joe, now that Joe Biden, if, if, I mean, will, will that even be possible if Joe Biden wins the Democrat nomination? Will that even be possible? A lot of Democrats work with, I mean, work with Republicans on getting Donald Trump elected. Uh, and I say that because one of the um, victory centers here where I live uh, in North County, the I talked to the people who were the organizers there, and what they said every day there were Democrats coming in the office saying that they could not vote for Hillary Clinton. They just couldn't do it. And they thought that they, they, I mean, so much, in fact, they walked into a Republican victory office to see how they could support Donald Trump. And they took yard signs home and put them up in their yard. Uh, they, um, they did sign waving. They did all the stuff that people normally do. And they were, reg and they were registered Democrats who had voted for President Obama twice. Will they feel nostalgic and not feel the need to cross over in 2016. Will they not feel the need? They felt the need to do that in 2016 because of Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton ran against Barack Obama. I, what? I know. Some of you aren't old enough to remember that. Um, but, he, but she ran against Barack Obama when Barack Obama was running for president. So will people feel, and so did Joe Biden for that matter. Um, so will people feel comfortable and nostalgic enough to not cross over this time? Because if they don't, that's going to make, that's going to have to be made up somewhere. I often, and it's almost time for us to take a break and then get out of here. Um, in Jefferson, in Jefferson County, here in the state of Florida, uh, it is it has been a bright, 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 deep blue um, county. Predominantly, predominantly black, 
predominantly Democrat. Something, something ridiculous like 80-20 Democrat or 70-30 Democrat. I mean, just really, really deep, dark blue. That county went for Trump. The Democrat Party in Jefferson County went ape you-know-what. They went ape crap. Um, black people did op-eds in the newspaper scolding other black, uh, other black people. But I pretty much have an idea of what happened. With Hillary Clinton on on the the Democrat side of, of the of the ballot and Trump on the other in the quiet and the sanctity and the sanctuary of the voting booth, it's my guess that a lot of people looked at that and said, Hmm, Hillary Clinton. Hmm. They should be made to heal. Super predators. Her and her husband uh, with mass incarceration. Screw it, Trump. And just right then make the decision. Screw it, Trump. Right? And and those and, and it's, it's it's my thought that those people weren't reached out to, and convinced of a narrative. They saw what they saw, felt what they felt, and made a gut decision in the voting booth. Not anything they talked about, you know, up at the gas station. Nothing they talked about while waiting in line at Chicken Delight. And there's a Chicken Delight in Jefferson County. I've had chicken there. Very, very good. Um, Better than churches. Hell of a lot better than churches. Uh, but in any case, so, <laughs> but in, but they didn't talk about this while waiting in line. They only thought about it in the voting booth. Will those people feel? Will those people that that crossed over the last time feel more comfortable with a Joe Biden? Will the Democrat Party that has moved even further to the left will they be able? to coalesce around a Joe Biden. So he wins the nomination. Lots and lots of moving parts of this. We'll be back right after this. This is Willie Lawson for the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit to your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our number is 360-978-5200. That's 360-978-5200. Or go to www.armedcitizensnetwork.org. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. The web address is www.goodguycars.com.
Welcome back. Welcome back to the program. We appreciate appreciate you being here. Um, If you are listening on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe to the channel. Um, I know that, 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 you know what, this is YouTube, and I know it's about videos, and I know it's about that kind of stuff, but I can put this stuff up anywhere. If I can put these podcasts up anywhere I I can get ears on them, I'll do that. And, And now this is back on YouTube because... Well, it just is, and I thought it was a good idea. Um, people are, are, are coming to the channel more and more again, and I just thought this was a, a, a good way to include uh, people who subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, if, indeed, you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. Um, go to, um, just search for Willie Lawson, or search for Fight Back Media, uh, Fight Back Media, all one word, Fight Back Media, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I really, really appreciate it. Um, now, I'm not appreciating it because I, I have some money to make. Because there isn't any money, money to make. Um, Google has, has suspended my AdSense account. And if you know anything about that, you know that there's no way to monetize YouTube without it. I just recently um, filed an appeal. And um, yesterday, two days ago, they sent me the too bad, so sad email um, thanks for the new information. Uh, no, <laughs> we can't. I love that. We can't um, reinstate your AdSense account. And I know the question is, well, why not? There's no way that they answer that question because they just don't ever answer, answer that question. Um, the idea of my my Google account getting um, suspended in the first place, um, they said it was due to illegal click activity, but it took me a couple of months to figure out even what that was, and I don't have any idea what that is now. Here's the deal, real quick: uh, illegal, illegal click activity can be where you know a, a video comes up, and then it has an ad on the on the lower third, where you as the as a host encourage people to click on it. That's a no-no uh, because when people click on it, the advertiser has to pay, and, and and if he has to pay, and you're not, and you've never really been interested, were interested in buying anything that they were selling, um, then that's sort of fraudulent, and especially if if the content creator gets money because of it. So that's sort of getting money from them on a fraudulent basis, or if I while watching my videos click on that my click on them myself every time one comes up i do it myself i can't do it myself and i can't encourage you to do it either um, but now you're you're listening to this and what you've noticed is in the past 52 minutes you haven't seen one single ad you didn't see one single ad in the pre-roll and you won't see one single ad in the in the mid-roll and you won't see one single ad at the end because i can't monetize this anyway because i don't have an adsense account Knowing that that's what illegal click activity is, if somebody were to try to do that for you, thinking that they were helping, you would lose as a content creator. You wouldn't have any idea who it was, when it was, how they did it, what you wouldn't have any idea. You would just be screwed. And it's been more than three years now on that particular channel that um, there you go. And then they changed the um, the whole monetization anything. I mean, I mean, I mean monetization thing anyway, uh, where I don't have enough subscribers or enough hours listened. You need like four thousand hours listened and a thousand subscribers. Um, I think my this that this channel that you're listening to it on YouTube has two hundred and sixty eight subscribers and about forty hours of listened video. So I wouldn't be eligible. For monetization anyway. And that's fine. Because that's not why I do it. Um, I think it's awful that that larger channels get, de- you know what, get their videos demonetized. As they are looking for, I mean, they, they, that business model that they didn't set up, YouTube set up. Um, that they're trying to take advantage of to help make, so that it can help them produce really good content. And YouTube saying, uh, well, no, that's not what we meant. Not for you. We'll do that for everybody else, but not for you. That's kind of sucky. But in any case, um, 
if you're if you're listening to this on YouTube, please subscribe, please share, and have your friends subscribe. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And and again, there's no monetary benefit to me or Fightback Media because I can't. There you go. Just saying. Alrighty then. Um, my next question before I leave you, I've got only about five minutes. Uh, will will the Democrat who who have all the people that I named? Do you think that the Democrats will be able to coalesce around to win the nomination? Now, we're still days away from from the nomination, probably a year, right? Again, from the nomination. Who do you think? Who do you think? Is it right now, according to the polls, and you know how much we think about the polls, it's Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Top three. The three old white people. <laughs> I think that's funny. But in any case, so who do you think? Obviously, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are a little closer, to, a little farther left than than Joe Biden. Is Joe Biden, again, the going to be looked at as the adult in the room? Now, will he be progressive enough for... The constituency, when when they get out there on the campaign trail, will he be, or will he be like the Jeb Bush of 2016? Jeb Bush seemed to be like the more reasonable adult in that whole mess. Even one time telling um, Donald Trump, "Donald, you can't insult your way. To, you can't insult your way to the White House." Well, except that he he, he can, uh, except that he did. Um, so. Um, and then uh, you know what? And then the, the so, so some of the younger people. Not that we can look at Marco Rubio as a young gun in that arena, yes, but hardly a young gun. Hardly somebody who who who, who is new to all of that politics. Yeah, although he was he was a he's already a, uh, he was already a sitting um, senator. Who on the left? Will mirror Marco Rubio? Is that Mayor Pete, or is that Cory Booker? Sort of young, youngish, sort of young blood-ish. That will not have a shot. Who, who may last a long time in the process, but in but when it comes down to it, will it be the Joe Biden or Jeb Bush? Joe Biden, Jeb Bush. You can see how Biden, Bush, Biden, Bush. How that that sort of looks the same, or will it be an outlier? Will it be somebody wild? Will it be somebody wild like Mayor Pete? Will it be somebody wild like Cory Booker? Will it be some? Will it be the most outrageous of the choices? Like Donald Trump, quite frankly, was the outrageous of the choices. It's going to be interesting as we move into 2019. I mean, in, in the early 2020, what that's going to look like. All right, we got to get out of here, make room for somebody else. Um, if you've got questions, please leave them in the comments below on YouTube or or, or, let, or or in the comments below, no matter where you are, are listening to this, whether you're listening to it on um, Google Play, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, um, Spotify, please comment, like, subscribe. Let me know where you know. Send me an email at wls860 at gmail.com. Let me know where you heard the show. Let me know if you liked it. Let me know if it, you think it sucks. Not that I'll stop doing it because you think it sucks, but it's always fun to read hate mail sometimes. It gives me a giggle. Um, in any case, I got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. Happy Father's Day, if I didn't get that said before I um, I turn in tonight. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are out there doing what they do the best way they can. And uh, and I'm only talking to the dudes today. I'm not talking to Single Mom Day. I'm only talking to the dudes. We got to get out of here. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, take care of yourselves. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.